Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back. Today, I'm going to talk about worry, something very common to us. Um, and I would like to make a distinction right from the start between three things. One is that we sometimes just have concerns that briefly get our attention. Second thing is, sometimes we actually go into a more of a state of worry, something that constantly gets our attention. And the third thing is, that's a bit deeper, is we actually have real anxiety that stays with us. And in a later podcast, I'm gonna talk about anxiety. So, a state of worry is a state of care, anxiety, unease, uncertainty, over actual problems or over potential problems that we may be thinking about. And it feels very um, disquieting to us. It, it's like we have some apprehension. And as we dwell on it, uh, our anxiety increases. Anything we dwell on will increase um, our mood about something. So occasional worries, that's common to everybody. We just all occasionally have concerns, right? Situations and people and things in our life, things about the future. But when it's unresolved, when we continue uh, uh, to be in a state where we're constantly introspecting about it, then we can get into more of a settled state and become, actually become a worrier. It's a settled habit. It's like a low level anxiety that goes on, continual threading, uh, fretting thoughts where both our emotions and our mind are involved. And it really, worry keeps us from quieting our heart and pausing because it pushes us. It pushes us, you know, fix something now or keep fretting about it um, but it keeps us really from dealing with what's going on on the inside of us and then from dealing with what we need to deal with that's the object of our concern. But worry can be a catalyst. You know, when we're thinking about something, um, that concern can drive us, should drive us, uh, first of all, to seek the Lord, and then second, to pursue appropriate action about it if some action can be taken. It's the wrong kind of worry, the kind of worry that stays with us and where concern just becomes this persistent habit. And then that um, that keeps triggering kind of a downward cycle that actually can go into an anxiety. So I wanna make a distinction again between worry and anxiety and the Ford Health, Henry Ford Health Institute did some research on this and they came up with five distinctions. One, worry tends to exist in our mind. So we have thoughts of concern. We have thoughts that kind of create uneasiness, whereas anxiety affects both our body and our mind. Man, anxiety can really get to us. We feel it in the gut, in our stomach. We feel it as pressure on our heart. We may have headaches, muscle tension, difficulty concentrating, brain fog, and so on. Second thing is worry is specific. It's tied to something concrete, whereas anxiety tends to be much more generalized. It's just a generalized sense. If we worry, we worry about something specific usually, but in anxiety, there's a vaguer, more deeply held uh, sense of unsettling, and it just feels so big and so vague that it's hard to deal with sometimes.
The third thing is worry is grounded in something real and particular, and that should help spur us to action. Whereas anxiety tends to be marked by catastrophic thinking. Sorry about that. So we not only think, oh my goodness, and we overestimate the danger of something, but we also tend to underestimate our ability to handle and cope with whatever it is. Fourth thing, worry is temporary, but anxiety tends to persist. So worry is usually short-term. There's something specific we can problem solve, we can lean into the Lord, but always, always we have the choice of where we're gonna set our mind and what we're, and, and what we're gonna think about. We always have that decision within ourselves. But anxiety persists even in the face of unrealistic worries. Worry may not significantly impair us on a daily basis, but anxiety certainly uh, can make just ordinary living difficult. We don't have clarity, it's, it's hard to function. Now, while I've made those distinctions, moving forward, I'm actually gonna talk about worry. And what I mean by that is a person who lives not just with occasional concerns, but in a state of worry, not just care, but real unease and distress over specific things that continue. And it's, it's not that we feel um, concern about something, uncertainty over something. It's when we choose to dwell on it and how we choose to think about it. So worry could be a, a sense of feeling not competent to handle something and a sense of foreboding. We feel apprehensive. And so it's sort of like, well, I don't even know what to, where to start and what to do and how to think clearly to approach this issue. And then we can start feeling guilty and ashamed and just get in a place where we are rather paralyzed about moving forward. When we constantly worry and just have these negative thoughts, it really does take a toll on us emotionally and eventually on our physical health because it saps our emotional strength and then it saps our physical strength. So I call these my five D's of worry. This is just something I put together. The first is dread. Dreading is having a constant, uneasy, negative expectation oh no, that thing's coming up and uh, I have this foreboding about it. Second D is distraction. When we worry, we feel distracted. We're fretting, our mind is not in the now. It's not in the present, it's very distracted. Third D is discouragement. We feel discouraged. I don't know what to do. I don't know uh, how to handle this, things work. Uh, may not work out, the worst could happen, I'll lack what I need. All of those sorts of thoughts start going around. Fourth D is we get double-minded. Maybe I should do this. Oh no, that might not work out. I'll go over here and do this. And it's, it's very unstable to live in that way, right? We may not always know immediate, have immediate certainty, but we can always ask the Lord we can always wait on the Lord. We can always process things with others who are wise, right? And the fifth D is we are delayed then in our maturity, in our forward progress with the Lord. Like, like any besetting sin, and when we get into a state of worry, 
that's sinful. It will delay our maturity and our forward uh, process. So it's when really fear is intruding and fear is ruling and we're trying to control things through worry. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's what we do. So this is capsulized in a passage in Job 3, 25 and 26. Job said, for what I fear comes upon me, what I dread encounters me. I'm not at ease, nor am I quiet, and I am not at rest, but turmoil comes. That's a pretty good description of worry, isn't it? So if worry squanders the present and really steals our time and our emotional energy, what are we gonna do about it? Well, we have to learn to come up higher. Colossians 3 tells us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we're gonna to have to remember what our position is with Christ. And we keep setting our mind, looking up and setting our mind on things above because we really can govern our own mind. We can let the distress bring us to the Lord. Even when there's no immediate solution, we still do not have to continue in a phase of undue worry. And I love the verse in uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care on him, on Christ, for he cares for you. So the foundation of this is, you already care for me. I'm loved, I'm known, you know everything that's going on, and because you care for me, I can come and cast all my care on you. And um, other versions say, cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. And in this, we can literally engage our holy imagination. So we can see that care. Sometimes I'll just see it held in my hand and I bring it to the Lord and I see the Lord take it. I see him. I see myself casting my care and him accepting that care. And then I trust now that he's at work. And this takes practice. We have to learn to cast our care on the Lord. And five minutes later, if we're trying to clutch it back to ourselves, we say, oh no, I have cast my care on the Lord and continue to do that. Second Corinthians 7, 1 in the message says, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. Make a clean break with worry as a habit. Just, you know, just declare war on it. I no longer agree with this. Lord, by your grace, I'm gonna set in some new things. John 14, one, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then again, later in verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And we have to say yes to the word of the Lord. We have to say, you're right. My heart is troubled. And now I refuse to let it continue to be troubled because I trust in you. You are present. You are with me. You've invited me to cast my care on you. And I tell my heart, Receive the peace of the Lord. That's under my purview. I can self-govern that because he's given me the answer. He's with me. He's real. He's the God of now. And I can believe fully in his care and I can walk in peace. So, you know, we're either going to believe in ourselves, 
we're going to try to fix it. We're going to keep thinking and thinking and thinking about it, or we're going to believe in him. And if we start yo-yoing in that sort of double-minded place, we just come back. We just come back to believing in him and that he's at work. He's always so willing and he always has an answer for everything. So what do we do? Well, we deal with this like we deal with any habit. We've walked into the habit one choice at a time. So we walk back out of the habit of worry uh, and use that same mental energy, that uh, same way of focusing to develop a new habit. We have the empowering presence of the Lord to do it. We exchange our cares for his care for us. And then we train our mind to switch off the, uh, the threat the fear threat response. And we do this by focusing on positive things. I know no better verse here than Philippians 4, 6 through 9. I want to read it to you in the message. Don't fret or worry. Sounds like a command, doesn't it? Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. In other words, attach yourself to the Lord. Communicate with him. Let petitions Lord, you see my concern. You see what I need. And praise, shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And he's so good and he's so willing. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. That's the peace of the Lord. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And if you've had worry at the center of your life, I wanna encourage you to memorize this in, in the message. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things, true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. That's Philippians 4. It's where we set our mind. It's where we set our heart that makes all the difference. And God will encounter us there. He'll meet us with his grace and his peace. And he will help train us to come out of worry and come into a place of trust. So thank you for listening. And uh, I'll talk to you next time.